0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Church Online today. My name is Philippa, I'm on the team here at SPS and as you'll know by now, today is the third Sunday of Advent. Over the last few weeks we've been spending time in the incredible prophetic book of Isaiah as we've been journeying through this season. And today's reading is another of those famous prophecies.
1: Should we go for one? Yeah. Alright. Whenever you're ready. Come on, Michael. Help us eh? (laughs) out. Piercing! The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, Garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. For I, the Lord, love justice, I hate robbery and wrongdoing. In my faithfulness I will reward my people, and make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants will be known among the nations, and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them will acknowledge that they are a people that the Lord has blessed. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation, and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness, as a bridegroom dons his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels, for as the soil makes the sprout come up, and the garden causes the seeds to grow, so the Sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations.
0: What an amazing passage of scripture we have just heard. I love this time of year in the build-up to Christmas where we get to sit in the slightly uncomfortable place of waiting. When I was a child growing up in the church, I never understood why we seemed to spend Lent leading up to Easter pretending that Jesus hadn't risen yet, and then Advent leading up to Christmas pretending that Jesus hadn't come in the first place, just so that when the day came we could be surprised all over again. I felt a bit like taking something that's a big part of my life every day, like my kettle and then wrapping it up as a present under the tree so that by Christmas I could open it and be so happy as if it was something new that I'd never had before. But as we've been going through these last few weeks, I felt really reminded of the reasons for sitting in that uncomfortable place of waiting in this season. A couple of weeks ago, Phil was speaking to us about presence, not wrapped up ones, the presence of Jesus being with us. He was reminding us that Jesus is present with us here, now, today, but also that we wait for his presence to come as we look ahead to his coming again. And then similarly, last week, Mark was showing us as he taught us that special prayer, Maranatha, that we celebrate that the Lord has come but also that the Lord is coming. And today I want to speak to us about the Lord's provision. What does this passage show us about what God's provision looks like? And how can we sit in that place of wanting God to provide when it feels like he isn't? Because I want to acknowledge that provision can be a really tricky topic for us. If you're anything like me, I'm sure you spend a lot of time when you do pray asking God to provide for you, whether it's in work, relationships, your home circumstances. Many of us sit in the tension of crying out to God to provide for us, our friends, our families. And if we're honest, sometimes we feel left disappointed. We haven't necessarily been provided for in the ways we would like to see. And I'm often aware that whilst I'm petitioning for God to provide for me the things that I need, I have neighbours and friends and there are people in my community and all over the world whose prayers are for the very basic levels of provision, for food, for shelter, for warmth. So often that's the challenge of the Christian faith, isn't it? Holding on to God's faithfulness and love when we see such a broken and hurting world around us. The reading from isaiah 61 that we've just heard helps us to continue to sit in this in-between place of discomfort the prophecy written hundreds of years before the birth of jesus promises good news for the poor it promises freedom for the captives comfort and joy for those who mourn a spirit of praise instead of despair and isn't that ultimately what so many of us are praying for daily that our friends our families those in our communities, ourselves, would find comfort and joy, that we would be free, that would be full of praise rather than full of despair. We know though, don't we, that all of us have lived through, maybe are living through right now, real moments of true darkness and despair. It can feel so hard, sometimes impossible, to plug the promise of God's comfort and joy, his provision, Into those moments at the same time especially at this time of year we are reminded that God has sent real hope of all these things actually coming to pass in the person of Jesus we remember that in that little baby bundle of tiny human was God himself coming to earth to be with us we know that these prophecies we've heard read to us today really do apply to jesus because we can read what he said himself in luke chapter 4 where jesus stands up in the synagogue and he says this the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free proclaim the year of the lord's favor and then it says then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him he began by saying to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing it couldn't be more clear than that jesus himself claimed this scripture as being about him So we can know that his coming to earth was all about the very things we've been praying and hoping for, for comfort and joy. There's another piece to God's provision in Jesus, though, even more than comfort and joy. The prophet says that he delights in God because he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. The prophet who's writing, Isaiah, is celebrating because God has brought him salvation and righteousness. In fact, he's been fully clothed in it. This is a truth that we can hold on to today, especially in this Christmas season, as we focus on Jesus coming to earth as a baby, a human person. The provision that God has made for us, ultimately, is our salvation our righteousness in the eyes of God. Jesus coming to earth means that where we've been left out in the cold, alone, in prison, in poverty, whatever that looks like, God has come along and placed over us a big puffy coat of salvation of Jesus's righteousness, so that whenever he looks at each one of us, he sees his perfect son, Jesus, who he loves so much. You know, whilst I've been sitting, preparing this message this week, and in fact whilst I'm doing pretty much anything at the moment, Michael Trainer can't help himself but sidle up to me to show me pictures and videos of their beautiful new baby daughter, Eve. And I've got to say, I'm happy to oblige. Guys, the word smitten doesn't even cover it. <laughs> And it's just reminded me over and over again that God looks at us even more so in that same fatherly way, with complete adoration in his eyes. Because we are clothed in the garment of salvation that he has given us through his son Jesus. That's what his provision looks like. Pure love, pure righteousness, salvation for us to clothe ourselves in. What well, I'm going to take this off. <laughs> what good news that is. And yet we recognise still that the day-to-day life right now is hard. And that we still cry out to God for that comfort and joy that we need. We look forward so much to a day where Jesus returns. Where the promises that we've heard read to us are fulfilled and every despair is finally replaced for the last time with songs of joy we know and we pray and we have faith that that day is coming but whilst we sit in the uncomfortable in between we know two things the first is that as phil and mark have reminded us the past few weeks god is present with us now by his spirit we're not left on our own out in the cold But the second is that, as the people of God who have found salvation, we've been given work to do. Isaiah says that we, those who have come to know God, will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendour. It says we will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Isaiah, in this passage, in this prophecy, is talking about the destruction and the rebuilding of Israel. But now for us, as people who know and trust that God has not left us abandoned, but is present with us, we are the people who get to join in with him to rebuild places long devastated. We're the people who get to join in with God to renew the ruined cities. Through Jesus, who has clothed us in righteousness, we have been empowered to change the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. To rebuild, to restore, to renew, and to stand in our communities as displays of the Lord's splendor. God is graciously, mercifully providing comfort and joy for the whole world through us, his church. So Holy Spirit, would you give us what we need to be displays of your splendour in our world. In Jesus' name. Amen.